Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 156, How Generalizing is Keeping You Stuck in Habits and Anxiety. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable. So I want to talk in this episode about how our brain generalizes everything, which is not news, we know this, um, but how that contributes to us feeling sometimes like we have the same experience over and over, and particularly how that contributes to us feeling trapped or kind of stuck or locked into some experience over and over again. So this has been coming up um, lot. It came up in in some of our Little School of Big Change calls recently. And I just finished running this workshop for uh, people who were struggling with overdrinking. And it, it came up there in some really interesting ways. So it's an example. Think about that being feeling like you're stuck in some habit for these people is drinking um, where it's like a feeling shows up Along with that feeling comes some habitual reaction to that feeling. I don't like this or or this is an okay feeling. This is a good feeling or this is a bad feeling. That's all part of this same habitual little ball of experience. Along with that, if it's an okay feeling, there's there's conversation and suggestion in there like, oh, I like this feeling. I'll have more of that, please. If it's if our mind decides habitually that it doesn't like the feeling we have, that it doesn't like the energy that's there, it'll say, nope, have to get rid of this right now. And it will probably give you a bunch of suggestions for how to get rid of it. So if you look at something like drinking, both of these are happening all the time. You you all of a sudden feel something like in, in who knows what we're even aware of in this process. It's all one ball of experience. So uh, some energy is detected, some resistance, let's say, to that energy, some I don't like it, uh, shows up right on the heels of it at the same time. And then some suggestions like can't feel this anymore. I want to drink. Now, even as I say that again, I'm, I'm picking it apart to be able to even look at these pieces. This is not typically how we experience it. You might not even feel uncomfortable and you might just all of a sudden find yourself wanting a drink or whatever your habit is. Um, or you might feel all that. Who knows? Who knows? But it's kind of one big ball of experience. And on the flip side is the same thing. You know, you you have a drink, you feel a certain way, and especially if drinking is an issue for you or, again, whatever your habit is, your mind comes in and says, more, more, more. There's never enough. There's no end of what I want to drink right now. And that's just this habitual conversation that's rolled into that ball of experience. It's interesting and helpful, I think, to kind of get that deeper sense of, oh, all there is here is some energy. But we just feel whatever we feel in a super generalized way in an instant. Either I want a drink, I want more drink, I don't want any drink, or, you know, if you wake up the next morning and say, I'm never going to drink again. It's all, it's all the same thing. We see what we see out of that. We experience kind of the end, end uh, the tip of the iceberg. But what we can know, because this is how experience is always happening, is there's some energy in there and then there's a bunch of habitual thinking attached to it. 
So I want to look at that process, how most of what we live in day in and day out is this highly generalized sort of end result, if you will. And what we don't see, and so we don't know to look toward it, is what's, what's really in there, what's really going on beneath the, the labels and the descriptions and the, I want to drink or I don't want to drink or I'm never going to drink again. Beneath all that stuff, what's, what's really kind of going on at a, at a lower level of generalization? So our brain, as you know, just generalizes everything, attaches words and concepts, and, and then every word and concept that we know, which is just language, right? Every word in our language, every concept in our language has all kinds of other stuff attached to it. Like, like if we were to show a picture of a plastic thing with ink in it, we could all probably say, oh, that's a pen. That's just an agreed upon word that that you know in and of itself it's just a word it's just a pen but pen has all kinds of other stuff for for each of us you know like we know something about pens we know that in general they're safe maybe they could be used as a weapon but for the most part it's something that's okay to approach and and this is this is kind of how our brain needs it to be so it just doesn't have obviously time or energy to take in every little bit of everything. So it does take in every little bit of everything, but it it quickly categorizes and labels and says safe or not safe, approach avoid, and allows us to communicate at this super high generalized level where we can talk to other people and say, oh, that's a pen. Yeah, pass me the pen. And we all sort of know what that means. We all kind of know what a pen is used for and some of that basic stuff. But but we're all still seeing a totally different pen and we're all having a very different experience of pen. So at the high generalized level, we can agree upon a word and there's some meaning and memories and thoughts and knowledge associated with that. But notice how as we go f- a little bit further down, as we're less generalized, we go beyond this is a pen and we start to talk about other features of pen, let's say, or, or we start to experience it in a less generalized way, that's where it becomes a little less shared, a little less universal, more up for grabs. Because again, remember, I mean, language is, is amazing. It allows us to communicate, but it has to generalize everything in order for us to do that. So it allows us to all agree that that's a pen, but it loses the nuance because you see a different pen than I do. And when we really start to look at pens, I mean, really, someone could have wonderful memories associated with pens, horrible memories associated with pens. Some people love pens. (laughs) They love to collect office supplies and they get really excited about how well a pen writes and all of that. Other people could not care less. I mean, there's, there's a lot of variation in there. And that's even at a super highly generalized level that I'm, that I'm speaking at right now. So, so see that, that as we go from a word, a label, a concept to a a more felt, less generalized experience of something, 
everything starts to change. If I showed you a pen and you didn't know what a pen was, like you you came from somewhere where there were no pens, there was no word pen, you'd never seen this object in your life, you'd have a totally different experience of that object relative to people who would say, oh yeah, that's a pen. You see that? Totally, totally different experience of it simply because you don't have a word for it. So your brain, when we have a word for it, our brain jumps to this generalized level with all the old stuff that we have stored and it's just a pen. But, but if you didn't have that, it would, it would just be this thing and who knows how you'd experience it. You know, this is, this is why it's so fun to watch little babies in the world and young children in the world. They don't have all those names and generalized, all that generalized knowledge about stuff yet. So they're kind of in awe of everything. Everything's new and they're just discovering it and exploring it. And then you find an adult with a bunch of knowledge and information in their head and nothing is all that interesting anymore, unfortunately. Not really. It doesn't have to be that way. But, you know, we just walk through the world and take everything for granted because we're seeing it. This, This is so big to see. The only reason for that is that we're seeing it in this very highly generalized way. We're not, which means we're not really seeing it. We're seeing we're seeing our mind's representation of it. We're always seeing our mind's representation of it, but but we're seeing that even in like this high-level, stereotypic, word-heavy, verbal sort of way. Oh yeah, that's a pen. Nothing special about that. You just use it to write. You show a pen to a six-month-old and they're going to have a blast with that thing. <laughs> and And it's going to be like, wow, you know, new and different. Exact same thing. The only difference is all the stored, not only the stored information about it, but again, that that our mind just jumps to a label and leaves it there as opposed to being able to really take in the details and the, and the nuance and the, the having a fluid experience of it and having new thought about it. When we think we know what something is, we don't have a whole lot of new thought about it. You think you know what a pen is and what it's for, you're just not going to have a whole lot of new thought about it for the most part. So this highly generalized level is where we see a lot of things, where we experience a lot of life. And it's, it's um, you know, I mean, it's where we make up that there are different countries in the world and different races and rules and groups. All of that is made possible by by our brains just generalizing and then camping out in those generalizations and and over time usually forgetting that they're made up. So our brain might classify, might call something a pen and classify that maybe based on its utility, it something that we write with. But We've also learned to classify people and plots of land and all kinds of stuff on on much more arbitrary features, <laughs> you know, like races based on how much pigment is in your skin, as if that means anything. But over time, as soon as something has a word and a label, 
because our mind, our brain is so, needs to be so efficient and wants to gather so much information and kind of put it in the right bucket just to ease its, its load of work that it has to do and give us the most helpful information. As soon as something has a word or a concept attached to it, everything that's kind of remotely, you know, connected to that gets thrown in that bucket. So somewhere along the line, long, long ago, it was to someone's benefit to decide that pigment in skin color meant something. Someone made that up because it suited their needs at the time. And and now we have different words for different people based on how they look. And as soon as you have that, we're going to start, our, our brain is just going to start to attach all kinds of stuff to that. Oh, people with this much pigment do these things or behave this way or have these other features and people with that much. This is just how a brain organizes information. But, you know, we we forget. We forget and we start to to take all of that really seriously and believe that it's true. And then, of course, we start to see evidence for it, which reinforces our false beliefs that that these are meaningful differences. So anyway, that's a, a little bit of a little bit of a tangent. But but you can get a feel, I hope, for how there's this high generalized level, which is so necessary. Honestly, it's so helpful. It's not a bad thing. We need it, but that it robs us of so much when we camp out there. That without the concepts and labels and words there's a completely different experience available of the same thing. And that even us smart adults who have a lot of language and a lot of knowledge stored in there, we don't have to be totally locked in to our language. Like we can explore this and see that just because something looks and feels a certain way to me, just because I'm not enamored with the pen that I'm holding right now, doesn't mean that pure, like, uh, you know, mysterious awe of life isn't possible in this very moment. Like I could look at this pen, I could have an experience of anything at any moment, the same way a six month old does, where it's like, wow, that's amazing. What is this? Now, it's going to be a little harder for us with a lot of language and a lot of concepts and we might not feel it. We might not get there. We don't have to get there, obviously. But, but the reason I think what's so helpful to see is the reason that we're not having that experience is not because, oh, it's just a pen or pens aren't special or anything like that. It's simply because our brain is now giving us a different illusion than the brain of a six-month-old is giving that baby. Their, their reality created by their brain is just happens to be different than the reality created by my brain. And primarily because of all that generalization, because of the words and labels and, and the stuff that we think we need to know about this. So why is this important? Like, what does this have to do? Again, let's take it back to habits and anxiety and us. I mean, see that we as individual human beings are generalizations. So are I, us feeling like you're you and I'm me and that's that person, all of that is a generalization, all of it. 
that we have these separate identities that have words, right? Names and labels attached that we've interacted with our partner or our parent or our friend umpteen times in our lifetime. And each time our brain has taken in the information from that, which could be if that person was a complete stranger to us, we'd have a completely different experience of them. But simply because they're not, we're not seeing them. We're seeing our brains, all that information, all that generalized stuff when we see them. So it completely, completely creates and dictates the experience that we have of everyone, everything, including of ourselves, of even seeing that there is a self is a generalization. So we don't even meet ourselves fresh in the moment all that often because naturally, just to be efficient, we tend to be at that higher, our brain just kind of gives us that higher, more generalized kind of version of things. Yep, it's just me. It's Tuesday. It's 11 o'clock. Here's what I have on my calendar. Here's what's up right now. Yep, those are my kids. That's my husband. I know them. No surprises. So we don't meet people or things or the moment or ourselves with wonder and marvel and curiosity all that often. But the only reason for that is just because our brain is just trying to save energy. It's just trying to to keep us alive in the most efficient way possible. And it's gathered all kinds of stuff to do that, all kinds of information associated with words and labels to do that. Again, this is important because what do we usually attribute that lack of wonder and excitement to? Them, right? Like, oh, it's just, those are just my kids. That's just my partner. Yeah, nothing special there. I know them, you know, and, and yet it's not that at all. We aren't seeing them. Oh, it's just Tuesday. Like, are you kidding me? I mean, if this was, if this was the last week of your life, just Tuesday would be a flipping miracle. Like you would love every single moment of just Tuesday. But simply because you don't think it's the last week of your life, your brain kicks it up. Your brain says, oh, it's just Tuesday. We'll stay up here at this high generalized level of things. And it's like all of that wonder is sucked out. And again, I don't, I don't want to make it sound like it has to be or that, that we're like, I, this is just what a machine does. And as you know, if you listen to me at all, the freedom in this is seeing, oh, the only reason this very moment of this very day doesn't feel like complete bliss, complete wonder. The only reason is because my brain is giving me a specific type of illusion. It's generalizing. It's it's just seeing things in a very efficient way. And that that's not a statement of fact about us or life or Tuesday or anything. Just knowing that has been so helpful for me and so many people because it's not like it's not like it matters what we feel. It's not like it's better or worse even to wake up and say, oh, it's Tuesday. Here's what's on tap today versus, oh my God, it's Tuesday. Like they're just two different experiences. And both of them are just 
thought-created experiences at different levels of seeing. No better or worse, just different. Something about just seeing that has it all a little more awesome, I think. All of it is a little more mysterious. We're on to the fact that it's all an illusion either way, that it's all just our brain showing us the side of things that it needs to show us in that moment, whether it's everything looks safe and fine and typical and it can generalize, or if we do encounter something that's somewhat new or different and and we're in a different experience, they're all just different, just different levels. So there's us, as I said, and other people, which are just generalizations, of course. Um, And there's our feelings and our experiences, our moment-to-moment experiences. So we tend to hang out. Just notice for yourself how much you maybe tend to hang out in, in like, oh, I'm in a good mood or I'm in a bad mood or I'm busy or I'm bored. Super high generalized labels and ideas that that span time, you know? I mean, we just feel it. Like when we go to a lower level of generalization where we're not generalized, we're just here in the moment. Everything is fluid and always changing. And before all those labels and words, there's just this. It's just now, this, it, uh, even that, even these are generalizations, but there's just what's showing up right now. And the more, the bigger we get in our generalizing, the more we lose sort of that nuance and that fluidity of experience. Now, the more we gain, again, because you can you can communicate with someone else. You can talk to your friend and say, oh, I'm kind of bored. What are you up to? And they know exactly what you mean. So there's benefits when we get generalized, but we lose a lot too. That makes sense? Like we're always moving moving up and down, highly generalized to, to more in this moment. This is why I'm always talking with uh everyone, but my, like the community, Little School Big Change community and my coaches, especially coaches about being dumb. This is what this means. When we're dumb, and this is so important in in coaching, but it's so important for all of us to just play with this. When we're dumb, we're not highly generalized. Dumb is like, oh, what is this? Smart is, oh, that's a pen. You know, dumb is like, ooh, tell me, just talk to me. What's going on if you're a coach? Smart is, oh, this person has this struggle and this thing's happening and this happened in their past. Like that, again, you you might communicate at that level a little bit and it's probably going to have some benefits, but you're closed to new information. You're not you're not able to as, as much or as easily kind of have new, fresh, in-the-moment insights and experience about the person you're talking with if you think you know. So we have to get super, super, super dumb when we're talking with someone. And for all of all of you non-coaches, the same thing. Like if you feel like your life is Groundhog Day or why do I keep playing out the same pattern or habit, you're too smart. 
and that's not your fault and it's not a, it's not a problem and it's not your fault, but you want to see, oh, it's because I'm hanging out at the very top level of generalization. I'm just thinking, here's me, here's my habit. This sucks. Same thing again. Why does this keep happening? I'm feeling stuck. Those statements and that way of feeling are amazing signs to just show you how much your brain has just taken in all of the stimuli and just spit it out in some very, very high level ways. So again, when you feel that stuff, when that's your experience, you just want to kind of drill down a little bit. Get dumb. Okay, maybe I don't Maybe I don't know how, if maybe this isn't like, let's say you, you feel really uncomfortable. And then like I described earlier, because this is on my mind from the drinking workshop, you feel uncomfortable, you feel all this resistance come up, your mind starts saying, oh no, I don't want to feel this way. I'm going to want to drink. Rather than being in that and going with it and, and keeping that mind snowball going. Well, what should I do? What, how can I stop it? That's all white knuckling, right? How do I stop this? And I really want to drink. Well, maybe I should do this instead. You just feel it speeding up. Rather than jumping into all that, what if you feel all of that rising and you know you're not dumb because of how you feel? You know your mind is highly generalizing all of this. But you just are in that for a minute. And maybe there's even space to just kind of be curious, like, wait a minute, does this even hurt? Like, this is where you can get really, really dumb and have some really different experiences than what you might typically have. Do I even not like this? Do I really want to go drink something right now? And I don't want to make this like a big, exercise for you. But even if you don't have it in you to ask those questions and do that, just listening to this, I think is going to help because it's just a, that's the spirit in, in which we want to take this. Like that's the direction in which to look. As soon as things are extreme and black and white and high level and generalized, it's the feeling of that, which we all know so well, is this amazing invitation to kind of just dip down beyond all the ideas, beyond the language, and just get curious about what's really going on there. And what's really going on there is just energy. It is not good or bad. It's just life. It's just life. Before a mind with a good or bad label comes in and calls it something, it's nothing. It's just life. It's like the... I know I've talked about this many times, but the the most clear example that I love of this is like, like what we call pain. What's actually happening physically when someone says they're in pain, according to the experts who study this, and I'm just taking their word for it, um, is heat or pressure. So there's some heat that happens in a body or there's some sensation of, and again, obviously heat and pressure are words, so we're getting, we're getting generalized, but there's just some sensation that someone might call heat or pressure. And then there's a resistance to that in a bunch of story. Oh no, I don't like this heat. I'm, and then they say I'm in pain. But that's, now we're moving up this 
this ladder of generalization. See, I'm in pain is a very generalized statement. I feel heat. I feel, I feel energy. I'm alive. Like these are moving down the ladder of generalization. They're still generalized. There's still language there, right? Everything's going to be. But do you see what I mean? Like, and, and that's, that's where there's so much possibility and freedom and new fresh experience available in anything, in any, any moment when we're able to somehow fall down that ladder a little bit. And the only thing we have to do to fall down that ladder, you know, we're not in charge of climbing the ladder or, or going down the ladder, but seeing that we're on a ladder, <laughs> seeing that that's what's going on, somehow like loosens your grip. Seeing, oh, I'm just standing at the very top of this ladder of generalization in all these words and ideas. Oh, let me just loosen my grip a little bit. Like that's just seeing that is what does it. Knowing that more is available, not getting to more, not changing your own experience. I don't know how anyone does that, but seeing that you're in an experience has a way of just loosening your hands and you start to slide down the ladder a little bit. So I want you to see, especially in terms of habits and anxiety and anything that we're hoping to change, how this all plays in a little bit more clearly and how um, how our expectations and strategies and plans and all of that play in. Because what expectations for how we're going to feel or how something's going to go, a plan, a strategy, a decision that we're going to make a change, all of that, I hope you're kind of seeing already that what those are are very highly generalized thoughts. If, if you're thinking, oh my gosh, you know, uh, I sure hope I have a really smooth day with no desire to drink and I hope nothing, nothing upsetting happens and nothing stressful happens because if it does, I know how that snowball goes and, you know, and I just, I sure hope I feel comfortable all day and that I don't even think about drinking. We get it. <laughs> everyone, I mean, oh my God, like everyone who's had a habit that they're trying to control, which is the problem, that they're, they're trying to manage and control, knows exactly what that feels like and how that kind of looks like the only option. Or same with anxiety, like, oh my gosh, I hope I just have a calm day, no anxious thoughts. You know, my my heart doesn't beat too fast. I don't get too dizzy or hungry. Like I just need everything to be right so I can feel okay. That's how it feels when when we're afraid of our experience. Same with the drinking example. When we're afraid of our thoughts and feelings and emotions, that's how it feels. When you're afraid of your physical experience or your thoughts or feelings or emotions with anxiety, that's how it goes. They need to not be there. Things need to be a certain way for us to be okay. But you can see how this just shoots you in the foot really quickly because we're not in charge of any of that. All kinds of stuff is going to show up. And as soon as, as soon as we have this high generalized expectation and hope and here's how it should go, this formula for here's how it should go, and anything comes in that doesn't fit that, there's there's going to be a lot of dissonance 
Like that's, and again, this has nothing to do with life. It's not because it's actually a problem. It's not because it means now we're going to fall off the wagon and drink, or now this is going to lead to a panic. It doesn't mean any of that. It's just simply at a, let's look at it at a slightly lower level to a brain. A brain is saying, here's what we want. Here's what's okay. Here's what we want. Here's what's okay. And then something else comes through and a brain says, get out of here. You weren't part of the plan. And so we just have this big, huge, mismatchy experience of it with a ton of dissonance. And and we don't just feel mismatchy and dissonant. We have a brain that has to tell a story about it. So our brain comes in to tell a story about that and says, oh, see, now this happened and there goes your plan and you're going to have to start over tomorrow. And I told you you couldn't make it through the day and whatever the heck our brain makes up about it. And then we we live in that high generalized story. We believe our stories, which are massive generalizations. Beneath all the story, this is why exploring how thought works and story and how our brain makes stuff up and starting to be on to all of that is just so universally freeing across all areas of our life because you start to notice these stories and all the meaning that your mind attaches to everything. Everyone's does. It will never stop. But you start to notice it and just kind of not see, not take it as truth, especially when it's dramatic and jarring and painful and all of that. All of that is just there to show you, oh, there's, there's more meaning. There's another generalized story. So, so think about that in terms of our plans and our strategies. So I'm going to give you a couple examples. Um, there was a there was someone I was coaching on one of our little school big change calls who, and he he wanted to lose some weight, and his eating is just to him. He says it just felt very out of control, very up and down, a lot of kind of feeling of like a needing to get it together and I need to get back on track and a lot of white knuckling and just feeling out of control. You can just feel the pressure, you know, and, and I so know this feeling, remember this feeling, I know we all know it, that in our conversation, his mind was so highly generalized and he would say things like, I just, I just don't know how it's going to change. I just can't see a way out. We hear this all the time, Right. I know we've all felt this probably this week about something where we're like, I know it needs to change. I know something has to shift, but I just, it just feels so hopeless. I don't see a way. And, and that's the thing. It's not hopeless, but we don't see a way. And that's because our brain is hanging out at this super high generalized level. So with him, and I don't remember, I'm just going to, kind of use this as an illustration. This is not really a reenactment of our conversation or anything. But in cases like that, you can kind of sense, like I could kind of sense, oh, this mind, this person's mind is just looking for like a map, you know, or looking for like there has to be some little ray of light that comes in that says, oh, I see, I can do this and then it'll be different. Oh, I haven't tried keto in a few months. Let me go back to that. You know, like whatever it is, we want something concrete, which means highly generalized, that we can sort of grab onto that that feels hopeful because the highly generalized stuff we're hanging out in doesn't. 
But that's not, that's not what actually helps. What actually helps is when that person can dip down, go down the ladder a little bit, quit looking for the next strategy, the next plan. Just see that the fact that it looks completely hopeless and you have absolutely no clue is simply a reflection, a reflection of how much your brain is just generalizing the whole thing and lumping it all together. It's just showing us, well, you just don't see anything beyond that right now. It doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Oh my gosh, if we could look down that ladder, a whole universe of possibility exists, but we just can't see what we can't see. So that's where I, again, this one conversation sticking out in my mind, but I've had this tens of thousands of times with people. It's like, that's where my mind always goes like, oh, you're, you're looking for what's my next concrete step and how, and can my mind rationalize how that's going to lead me out of my problem? And that is like a super specific, uh, tall order that we almost can never fill. So, so what we want is to get dumb. Like, don't think about what you're going to eat for lunch. Look at look smaller, look deeper, look at like, wow, let me just feel what's here and let me get into like the energy of things. And again, please don't hear this as a strategy either so much, but because I just, you can do this if you want, if you can turn it into a thing, if you want, but it's just, I don't, I don't mean it as a practice. I just mean it as like, go, go to this lower level beyond the thoughts and the plan and the this meal and that meal and the problem. And that's where you're just here in life and some new things show up from out of the blue that you couldn't possibly predict or even know to look for. So a similar thing in the drinking workshop, one of the participants in there um, would talk occasionally about like he'd feel a little hopeless about things and his mind would go to, well, I know I just need to make the decision. Once I make the decision, I need to make the decision to stop drinking. And I, and I think this is so big to look at because I might have to pull this out and do a, a whole episode around this because it, that's just something a, a brain would say. You need to make the decision. Well, are you going to make it? Yes or no? I mean, that's very, very generalized. It's very clear. It's very black and white. It's everything that a brain loves. It puts you right in the center of it. It's on you. Make the decision or don't. You're super powerful here. It, it like it ticks every box of what your brain wants. But <laughs> I've never, ever seen that what actually... I don't know how to say this. Okay, so what what actually leads someone to freedom is them having made a decision. Now, I've never seen that, but it will look like that's the case because sometimes we we fall out of all that generalized thinking and we and we notice something new and then we come back up the ladder and say, "I'm back and I made the decision. I'm going to stop." And we really do stop. But I want you to consider that that's not because we made the decision. <laughs> it's because we saw something along the way. And then our brain popped back up to the top of the generalization ladder and said, I made a decision. So sometimes that happens. <laughs> I think that probably happens a lot. But that's very different than saying what helped you quit or what led to your freedom was making a decision. 
what allowed the space that allowed you to come up and say, oh, alas, I've made the decision. That's where your freedom was found in something beneath language and decisions and generalized plans and strategies. So every time he would say, well, I just have to make the decision. It was like, oh, you know, your mind's just popping up there, but that's not where it's at. And when it looks like that's where it's at, we get a little, we get a little locked in, you know, like it, you're up, you stay up at that generalized level. And the whole conversation in your head is about whether you've made the decision yet or not and how you're going to make it. So again, now you're in a totally different universe up there, very limited, very black or white, very all on you. And there's just, there's just not as much to see up there. I hope that, I hope that makes sense. I feel like these two, I I hope that you can just get a feel. Again, don't think about this too much because um, we'll try to make sense of it all and and we'll have to get really highly generalized to do that. And then we kind of lose the nuance of it. But I hope you can just get a really simple feel for the fact that, for the idea of like this ladder of generalization. And at these really high levels where we say, I'm anxious, I'm hungry, I need to make a decision, I'm hopeless, I'm me, (laughs) you're you, this is that, this is a pen. We just have one type of experience up there. And it is very limited. It's got a lot of benefits. We need it. But it also loses a lot. And that as we dip down beneath that, a lot of nuance comes in, a lot of fluidity comes in, a lot of freedom beyond the labels and words comes in. And that's where we see new things that lead to change. That's where change is like, it's not even change. It's, it's weird. It's like falling into the freedom that's already there. It's not even change, really. It's... It's just realizing a different reality that's been there available under our noses this whole time that we just couldn't see when our brain was up up at the top.